Amen. How many of y'all like being interrupted? <laughs> Anybody? Steve likes it. You know, uh, I, when I thought about the word interrupted, I thought about, I used to be like a real life Willy Wonka. I know, hard to believe. Uh, but if you've seen the end of the movie Willy Wonka, he's like in his office And I don't know what he's doing. I didn't even know Willy Wonka had an office until the end of this thing, you know. But he's like sitting in his office and and this kid comes and he's kind of interrupting him. And he's just like, I said good day, sir. You know, and if you tried to interrupt me when I was in my lane or my zone, that's how I used to be. That's how much I disliked being interrupted. I said good day, you know. Uh, my wife can confirm this. Even something as wonderful as a back rub. You know, I used to, I used to record music, and so I'd be in the studio, and I'd just be like, this isn't me playing the keyboard. This is me, like, editing stuff, you know? And, and I would be so dialed in, and Kara can attest to this. She would come, and she would just like, man, she'd be just trying to love on me. I look tense, you know what I mean? I'm looking at this computer screen like, you know, and she's just coming up behind me. She's just like, you know, giving a little something, you know, a little something, something. Not too much something, the right amount of something, you know. But a little something, you know. And, and I just remember I would be so irritated. And I look back on that and I'm just like, bro, relax. Let your wife rub your shoulders and embrace it. And who knows where it might take you. Can I get an Amen. What I want to talk about this morning is that sometimes what we consider annoying interruptions have the potential to actually be divine interventions. I mean it. I've been annoyed so many times, but when I say, hey, flesh, chill out, I say, okay, God, do you want to do something here? So often he moves into that. And so I just wanted to encourage us from the scriptures here this morning. I got two stories in which this happens. Uh, Before we dive any deeper, I want to look at Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 through 4. Pastor Paul read this last week, and it really kind of just like hummed in my heart. Do nothing. Can you all say nothing? From selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility... Consider one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. How many God opportunities do we miss, deny, or speed past with surface response because we're caught up in ourselves? Anybody? I got a plan, though. But I'm doing something, and the something I'm doing is holy, and it's godly, so don't interrupt me. Hello? I'm just saying, even on the way to like your holy venture, God might want to interrupt and do something on your way. And so the first story I wanted to look at is in Acts chapter 3. We're going to start here in verses 1 through 2. It says, now Peter and John were going up to the temple. Okay, so going to the temple. How many of y'all think that sounds kind of holy? Yeah? Y'all came to church this morning. I'm glad you're here. All right? I'm glad that you came to church. I think that that's a holy endeavor. They were going up to the temple at the ninth hour, the hour of prayer. And a man who had been unable to walk from birth was being carried, whom they used to set down, every day at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, in order for him to beg for charitable gifts from those entering the temple grounds. When he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple grounds, he began asking them to receive a charitable gift. How many of y'all have ever seen or been stopped by a beggar? Anybody? How many of us have been trained to ignore, to not respond, to not even look at, to ignore? But it's annoying. It's just like, oh, they're just, you know, I've got places to go. I'm zooming to work. 
I don't have time for this. I'm zooming to the conference. I don't have time for this. I have a dinner appointment. I don't have time for this. Or maybe your brain goes to a different place. Well, they're just a scammer. Anybody? Listen, I'm not naive enough to be like, no such thing. Everyone's good. They're all actually going to use the funds as they say they are. But I feel like we also, a lot of us have grown hard-hearted to where God can't even get in because we're just trained to ignore and assume and speculate ill intent. And it's wrong. It's wrong. It's dead wrong. I love you. Open your eyes and your hearts to the Lord. And I'm not saying that every single time you see somebody, it's going to be like, hey, this is exactly what you do and this is exactly what you do. But you at the very least, we at the very least need to open our hearts and our eyes and ask the Spirit of God, do you want me to do something here? Y'all have heard the story of the Good Samaritan, right? Jesus frowned upon the fact that people just walked right on by. And he celebrated the person who was considered godless for stopping and loving and taking care of this person that no one else would even look at. They'd cross the road. When you feel the temptation to cross the road, ask God your part. Amen? So potential thoughts that could keep these guys, Peter and John, from giving to this man. How dare you interrupt us on our way to something holy? How dare you? I'm on holy business here. How manipulative of you to sit in front of this place where these God people come to receive. It's so silly to me that the devil could convince us that it is it's like, it's wrong for someone to ask of the church when the church has been clearly called to give to the needy, right? Now, again, I'm not saying you throw out wisdom. I'm so grateful Rebecca just yupped that, you know what I mean? Our, our care director, Rebecca, she is our person, our go-to in regards to benevolent requests from the church funds because she's gifted by God to be able to pray and know what we do and do not do in many of these situations. So again, I'm not saying there's no such thing as wisdom, but I'm just saying we need to be soft-hearted and we need to be willing to be interrupted. Behind that annoyance, if, if we write off a person as an annoyance, guys, like that's a human being. It's not just like a, a blip in your day. This is a real person. And even if they're a scammer, think about the fact that that's their life. Might God not want to minister to someone functioning from that place? Like if that's, if that's their bag, then obviously they're functioning from some sort of godlessness. And how do you cure godlessness? Yeah. <laughs> God! And how, who does God work through? The church! His body! Hello, fingers! Hello, toes! Hello, armpits! <laughs> Pastor called me an armpit. I didn't make eye contact when I said armpit. Okay, I made sure I didn't make eye contact. <laughs> <laughs> well, that might have been the spirit of God, Joel. <laughs> Verses 6 through 10. Oh, actually, no, no, no. Let's go to 4 through 5. But Peter, along with John, and if y'all would read the bold parts of Scripture with me, y'all ready? Looked at him intently and said, look at us. And he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. I find it interesting that 
they, instead of, instead of them being just like the, so he's begging, hey, I want your attention. But he's not really that engaged because he's probably so used to being walked over, walked past, or people just flippantly throwing coin. He's not used to real engagement. So I find it interesting that he didn't, that, listen, Peter and John, they didn't, they didn't avert their eyes. If I can encourage us to walk away with anything this morning, do not avert your eyes, okay? Don't like, don't see someone and go, oh, or no. Ask God. Looked at him intently and then he says, look at us. And he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Some would just toss a pity offering in so they did their part and don't really need to be interrupted. Listen, I'm not, if God tells you just put something in, then just put something in. I'm not saying you have to always do the exact thing Peter and John did. I'm not saying obey some formula. I'm saying let's open our hearts, amen? Verses 6 through 10. But Peter said, I do not have silver and gold, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, walk. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk. And he entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. Can y'all say walking, leaping, and praising God? Like, I want you to think about this situation, okay? If anybody's like, listen, like walking, leaping, praising God from crippled on a bed. And this is real. These aren't fairy tales. This is real. God can do this through you. Well, I don't know. Yeah, you. Me, God can do this kind of stuff through us if we're willing to be interrupted. And if we're willing to let annoying interruptions be divine interventions. Like this is just one moment that changed the trajectory of this man's life forever. Just one, one little act of obedience Change things forever. Isn't that awesome? Uh. And all the people saw him. Okay, so it's not even just about the guy now. Because all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they recognized him as being the very one who used to sit at the beautiful gate of the temple to beg for charitable gifts, and they were filled with wonder and amazement. At what had happened to him. How many of y'all would this blow your mind? Yeah? Like, that's like, wow, and God gets the glory. This is so cool. Like, willing to be interrupted, but they were on the temple to pray. So what about those prayers? What about those prayers? Like, like, God's there moving. Don't restrict his movement to your specified moment. He wants to move in and through us on the way, as we go, as we're there, as we leave, as we get interrupted. He wants to move in a powerful way. And I believe he wants to set some people free. And I, I believe he wants to interrupt some people who are on their way to the temple. But I also believe he wants to interrupt the person who's sitting there going, please, can I please have, can I please have, can I please have, numbly. And going from that place of broken numbness to walking, leaping, and praising God. Like, that's so awesome. Can y'all see how an annoyance can be a beautiful moment if we're willing to trust and, and shape our minds into God's call in our life? Yes, Pastor. Amen. Amen. This is going to have like some like life call. Okay? This is real life stuff. Y'all are going to be out on these streets. Okay? So like this is going to be funny. This is going to be funny. Because I don't believe, I don't believe I just came up with this message out of nowhere. I don't believe that. I believe that God 
puts these things on my heart for our people. And so I don't want, when the situation arises, for you to just see little Stephen on your shoulder. Hey, you should give. Hey, did you ask God? And honestly, if that's where you need to go, I'm fine with that. But I believe that the Spirit of God will speak to your heart. And he might bring remembrance words that I said here, but this is not me manipulating you to do something. I believe the Spirit of God is encouraging us as a people to step into this, to be willing to be interrupted and to see that interruption transformed into a divine intervention. So, this ends up working out to... uh, Peter and John are able to preach the gospel to those people who were amazed, right? That's good news. And then guess what? They're imprisoned. Hmm. This is the part of the message where people go, well, maybe not. (laughs) I just wanted to go pray. I didn't want to go to prison. Well, we'll talk more about that. You know, I just kind of wanted to open that thought process to you. Um, There's good and bad consequences, okay? but God can work all consequence for good. And we have a decision to make, no matter the consequence of whether we're good and whether we're free and obedient. So they're put in prison overnight. And then guess what? They're brought before the high priest and his posse. These are like the head honchos. And he gets to preach the gospel to them. How killer is that? So it's like he's this interruption changed the path entirely. They were just going to go pray, and don't get me wrong, God works mightily through prayer. But God had a specific assignment for them. Okay, hey, bless this man who, who, who deserves as a, as, a, as a... God created us. He doesn't want us lame. He wants us whole. And so his heart is communicated here to this man. And then, sure, they get beat. Sure, they go to prison. But guess what? They get to preach to the high priest. Come on, man. That's like a pretty awesome thing that wouldn't have just automatically happened had they not yielded in the first place. Who knows? Maybe God could have worked it together to get them there. But I'm just saying, not only did it change the trajectory of the man who was lame's life, it also changed their situation and put them on a platform to speak to some of the most powerful people and sow some seed of the gospel to them. Isn't that beautiful? So the next, the next story I wanted to look at was from Acts 16. Y'all say Acts 16? So this is Paul, Timothy, Silas, It happened that as we were going to the place of prayer, a slave woman who had a spirit of divination met us, who was bringing great profit to her masters by fortune telling. Hey, can I just stop real quick? Fortune tellers, that's not just entertainment. That's witchcraft. Okay? So if you're seeing Miss Cleo, turn the channel. No, hold on. Pray for Miss Cleo, then turn the channel. You know what I'm saying? If you feel the Spirit of God tells you to call him and be like, what up? You know Jesus? Go ahead. Straight up. I, it's been a minute since I've done this, but, and who knows, maybe now AI is going to be like the chat bot for the Mormon church. I don't know, you know? But I remember I, I, I was, there was a season in my life where I would just hop on like the question thing, you know, where it's like, got questions? I'm like, yeah, I've got questions for sure. Do you know Jesus, you know? So I would like hop on there and, you know, I would just like start having conversations with these people of these various denominations and not as some like antagonistic know-it-all, but just to be like, hey, do you like know him personally? Do you know God's love for you like personally? Is that a real thing? And they'd send me like some resource, like a link to an article. And I'd be like, no, I don't, I get it cool, thank you, I'm talking to you, what about you, you know, and so who knows what God can do, right, so again, if you're supposed to call Miss Cleo, is Miss Cleo even a thing anymore, I don't know, some of y'all remember Miss Cleo, anybody remember Miss Cleo, I'm 34, maybe I'm just watching the wrong television, you know what I mean, (laughs) 
back then I certainly was. It was after like an episode of Tales from the Crypt, you know, and then Miss Cleo said, hey, call in, you know, like, okay, Miss Cleo. Anyway, okay, we're gonna, <laughs> that was supposed to be a short pit stop there. She followed Paul. Okay, so this woman who has a spirit of divination is following Paul and them and cried out repeatedly saying, these, men's are, these men are bondservants of the Most High God who are proclaiming to you a way of salvation. Isn't it interesting that she says, a way of salvation? Hmm. That sounds like a demon twist, don't it? Just another way to a people that were very polytheistic. Just another way. Here you go. Now she continued doing this for many days. Y'all ready? But Paul was greatly annoyed. And he turned and said to the spirit, can you say to the spirit? I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come at her. And it came out at that very moment. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that beautiful? So this straight up says he's annoyed. <laughs> what do you do when you're annoyed? I, I find it interesting that, that this was for many days. Okay? So I, it's, who knows what could be going on here? You kind of have to like use your imagination to go, what could have happened here? Why did Paul deal with it for many days? Why didn't he just speak to that spirit right away? Well, how many of you know God's got a battle plan? And in that battle plan, how many of you know, he created human beings with free will, choices, all that stuff, yeah? And how many of you know when people make varying decisions, sometimes the plan changes? You were going to do this, but then this person did that, so now we're going to do this. This is why the Spirit of God is crucial. You can't just follow formulas. You have to follow Him. Because sometimes it's like, okay, we're going to do this. Oh, and then that happened. So now we're going to do this. And my will is still ultimately going to come to pass. It's beautiful how he works like this. So who knows? Maybe there was other work that priority-wise needed to be done. The battle plan was established. And for Paul to interrupt and to speak to the Spirit would have been inappropriate or early or not in God's timing. Because listen, what he does here has consequences. What he does here ends up taking them out of what they were doing and into a whole nother lane. So again, who knows why? I don't know why, but I just am so grateful that when demons interrupt us, people can get delivered. Like what if? What if every time a demon interrupts, people get delivered? That's, that's awesome. Demons? Yeah, demons. Okay? I don't know what you've been, I don't know what television you've been watching. I, listen, I watched a lot of jacked up movies, okay? I mean, I used to watch some weird stuff, weird demonic stuff. And it's, it's interesting to me that we can believe in God, but to believe in demons, even when God clearly talks about them, is like, well, I don't know about that. And also, do y'all see how simple this is? Do y'all see how simple this is? This ain't a big rodeo. This ain't demon. Oh, no, you're not coming. You know what I mean? It's like, like and I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not judging anybody's deliverance ministries or stuff like that. And listen, I'm not here to, to do that. But what I am saying is this is pretty simple. This is Oh, you, it's time. I command you, spirit, not having a big, long conversation with the girl, right? I command you, spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ. He even hit him with a, with a, with a, with a, oh, is it the Nazarene isn't in this one. Anyways, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out at that very moment when a demon interrupts. God can intervene. Amen? A divine intervention can happen. Now listen, sometimes my flesh gets annoyed. <laughs> Every time you're annoyed, it's not a demon. <laughs> okay? Husbands, wives, <laughs> boyfriends, girlfriends, parents, fathers. 
Don't provoke your children to anger by, <laughs> you're just annoying me, so demon, you know, like. There's, you need discernment, okay? But again, thank God for the Holy Spirit. But I just don't want us to be so spooked about the idea of demons that we don't obey and step into what we've been called to. We've been set, it says that we will cast out demons. That's like what believers will do in this day and age. And I think just because you've seen a weird version of it on television or on the movies or you've seen The Exorcist. And listen, even if a girl's head goes spinning around and vomit goes everywhere, I don't care if she's going to get free. You can throw up all over me, man. I don't care. I got other clothes. And like, uh, we get so scared about this demonic stuff. Sometimes, sometimes we've talked about like demonic manifestations and stuff. In, in small group, I remember specifically, even at God Company one night, we were talking about just some of the things we've seen. And it's just like, the door opened on its own. And I'm like, what? The demon opened a door? And we're like, oh, you opened the door. It's not that impressive. I'm just, I'm just saying, you know what I mean? But it means that they're real. Don't you believe what you've been reading, what you know to be true from the Lord in you? This stuff is real. So when you see the reality of it, don't get spooked. Get inspired by the Spirit of God to take your authority over it in Jesus' name and get it out of here. Kingdom come, will be done on earth. Hey, stop touching my door. It's annoying. Creak. I don't like creaks. I have a noise machine to, to drown out the creaks. You know? No, in Jesus' name. You know what I mean? And of course, they're not just creaking doors. Again, sometimes it's a whole operation. But even that, it's just a mockery of God's creation. People can demonically manifest loud and scream, and it's just a perversion of the, the loud, joyful glory we can give to God when they're freed. You know what I mean? We can have loud voices, and God can use loud. Have you, any of y'all ever hear, like, black death metal? It's like, Bleh! Listen, man, like God can shape that and change that and work it for its glory. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be singing about all the crazy stuff you see on the album art. You know what I mean? It can be singing about God and his glory. Amen? Woo! So interruptions have consequences, 22 through 24. So, okay. So how many of y'all know that the natural world operates a lot in regards to money. Money's very important. When you get in the way of somebody's money, you're gonna have an issue. And how many know Jesus ain't afraid to get in the way of some people's money? You know what I'm saying? Like he's willing to go there. And we need to be willing to go there with him. And so that's what happens here because again, this fortune teller was out here making money for her masters. And so for them to set her free, meant they were losing money. And that made them upset, which is wild to me. They didn't see this and go, wow, she's free, praise the Lord. Wow, look what God can do. They were like, man, there goes the bank. And so they kind of get everybody riled up against them, these, these people who lost the money. And they get people riled up, and it says, the crowd joined in an attack against them. So this them is talking about Paul and Silas, Timothy. And the chief magistrates tore their robes off and then proceeded to order them to be beaten with rods. Okay, I don't want us to be numb to what's going on here. Imagine you're in public and someone tears your clothes off and commands that you're beaten with rods. That's hardcore, isn't it? That's pretty hardcore. Like, that's, that's a pretty intense consequence of this woman being delivered. When they had struck them with many blows, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to guard them securely. And he, having received such a command, threw them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in stocks." A question I have for you this morning, is someone else's deliverance worth your own imprisonment? Yeah. 
Is someone else's deliverance worth your own imprisonment? Now, again, I'm not saying you cast a demon out of someone and you take that demon upon yourself. I'm not saying potato, potato. But I'm just saying, again, Philippians chapter 2 Verses 3 through 4, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility, consider one another as less important than yourself. This says as more important than yourself, right? Right? Do not merely look out for your own personal interests. I won't go to jail. I don't want to get my robe tore off. I don't want to get beat. Listen, you're going to have to lay these things as sacrifices, and I don't know what this looks like in your personal life. For a lot of us, it's just like fear of judgment. But I don't want to be judged. Robes ripped off, beaten publicly, thrown into the inner prison. How many of y'all, listen, the inner prison is probably worse than the outer prison. You know? You don't got a TV in that room. Rats in there. Feed in stocks? Like, y'all seen stocks before? Not comfy. Painful. But guess what? <laughs> Even in prison, you can make a decision to not be imprisoned. So, okay, the consequence of someone else's deliverance is your imprisonment. Who can imprison you? You've been set free by the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> No matter where you are. Listen, Paul wrote Philippians in prison. Like he was in prison when he wrote that. The cool breeze wasn't running there. Yeah, I'm writing with my, my glass and my coffee. You know what I mean? Listen, glasses, coffee, all that, God bless it. That's where I hang out. But I'm just saying, I'm not going to stop writing if I go to prison. We're not going to stop praising if we go to prison. Amen. So Acts 16, verses 25 through 30, this is when they're in prison. Now around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing. Listen, listen, they got beat, they got stripped, they got thrown in the inner prison, and they're praying and singing hymns of praise to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. How many of y'all know, wherever you go, again, this is all just the byproduct of an, of an interruption that God's using for divine intervention. And the path changed. And now they're here in the midst of this jail with prisoners. And they get to hear the guys in the inner prison praising God. When they're obviously in pain, they probably saw him get dragged in there, all beaten and bloody. So... They're praying and singing hymns of praise to God and the prisoners were listening to them and suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were unfastened. When the jailer awoke and saw the prison doors opened, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself. Now again, if you're just thinking about yourself, what might Paul and Silas do? Doors open. Get out, boys. Come on. I'm getting out of here. But this goes on. Says this guy's about to kill himself, thinking the prisoners had escaped. But Paul called out with a loud voice, saying, Do it! <laughs> That's not what he did. Okay? That's not what he did. He says, do not harm yourself, for we are all here. And the jailer asked for lights and rushed in, and trembling with fear, he, f he fell down before Paul and Silas. And after he brought them out, he said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Come on, man. Again, just like a... This woman who was pos like possessed by a demon. Paul's like, come out in Jesus' name. Boom, out. They get beat, whipped, all that stuff. Then they go to jail, in the jail. Hey, God, you're so good, you're so good. Earthquake. Doors open. Hey, bro, don't do it. 
this guy ends up saying, what must I do to be saved? This is wild. Guys, we're, we've been Americanized into like a stupor of routine. Like, I, I'm not anti-plans, but our plans cannot be so concrete and established. We've been told there's some wild stuff. I don't have it here, but Jesus talks pretty negatively about us planning out too far. So like, y'all don't even know what's coming. So how are y'all going to say, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that, and then I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to do that? You don't know what tomorrow is. This is, this is look it up. This, that's in Scripture. So then 31 through 34. <clears throat> they said, so again, he says, what must I do to be saved? They said, believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved. You and your household. Oh, come on. Oh, come on. So we're going even deeper now. Now it's not just the woman. Now it's not just the prisoners. Now it's not just the jailer. It's the jailer's family. Didn't we pray for, for men this morning? And the, the wild impact of blessing to and through them on their family? And they spoke the word of God to him together with all who were in his house. And he took them that very hour of the night and washed their wounds. And immediately he was baptized, he and all his household. And he brought them into his house and set food before them and was overjoyed since he had become a believer in God together with his whole household. Isn't that good? Again, an annoying interruption into a divine, multiple divine interventions. So awesome! The jailer, the jailer was ready to kill himself. You see, like, people are one catastrophe away from killing themselves. There's people like this. I was there before. But they're also one divine interruption away from life and glory. Hello? Listen, there's hopeless people out there that just need one encounter. And God might have you be the person that is that encounter, that yields and lets God work through them, the body of Christ. Amen? So all of this is contingent on us being willing to be interrupted by the Spirit. Okay, so before they even come to this place where they're able to have this woman follow them and annoy them, and they weren't even planning on being in this place in the first place. They're here because of another interruption. Can you say another interruption? Acts 16.4. Now, while they were passing through the cities, they were delivering the ordinances for them. This is, so this is before this whole thing. They were delivering the ordinances for them to follow, which had been determined by the apostles and the elders in Jerusalem. So they had established in Jerusalem some things that they were going to charge all the churches with, okay? So they're going out, they're doing that. So the churches were being strengthened in the faith and were increasing in number daily. How many know God wants to see the church increase in number daily? Hello, come on. They passed through, don't get me started, Phrygian, mm -hmm. obviously, and Galatian region. Y'all ready? after being forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia, and after they came to Mysia, they were, they were trying to go into Bithynia, and the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. And so then passing Mysia, they went down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night, a man of Macedonia who was standing and pleading with him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. Y'all ready? When he had seen the vision, we immediately sought to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. I love that it says they were trying to go into Bithynia, and the Spirit of God would not allow them. How many of y'all think that sounds like an interruption? Hello? I'm going this way. I don't even know by what means. The Spirit of God did not let them do this. Maybe it was just like, y'all ever have that, no, inside? Yeah. Obey that no. Anytime I haven't obeyed that no, I get in trouble. 
Okay? Not worth it? Obey it. At the very least, go to bed. Okay? Just go to sleep and wake up tomorrow and see what happens, you know? But if you hear that no and it feels like the Spirit of God is just like, nah, don't do it. And so I don't know what it is, but what I do know is that the Spirit of God, they had to be sensitive to the Spirit of God's leading to even get to the place where they were confronted by this demon-possessed woman in the first place. And they were trying to get into Asia. God, God took them in the exact opposite direction. Isn't that wild? Some of, and listen, I'm not even saying it was wrong for them to try to get into Asia. Later on, they end up going to these very same places. But again, how many know God has a battle plan? I mean, God has timing. These things matter. You can't be everything to everyone all the time. Stay in your lane, obey your call, be led by the Spirit of God. Okay? Woo! So when the Holy Spirit says you're going the wrong way, turn around, even if you think you have a good plan. Who knows what danger he could be sparing you from and what purpose he can be pointing you into. Who knows? I don't know. Like, do y'all yell at your GPS? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I trust this thing to tell me how to get to where I'm supposed to go, and sometimes, sometimes it tells me to go a different way. And I'm like, honestly, I'm not gonna lie to you. If it's like, I know the way to get there, and it's on 94, and it's like, turn on exit many, I'm like, excuse me? What are you doing? Why are you telling me to go this way? You don't know what I know, GPS, you know? But actually, it knows some things I don't. It knows traffic jam up ahead. I mean, you know, in silly, limited Stephen mode, I can't be like, hey, traffic up there? You know? So she's going to tell me to get off the ramp so I can avoid the traffic and get somewhere quicker that I needed to get to it as a particular time for a particular purpose. God will do the same thing, and he's working with more information than you have. Can I get an amen? He knows things you don't know. Can I get an amen? And he knows the way to go a lot better than you do. Can I get an amen? Don't follow a leader who is never turning around. If, if you... <laughs> People need to be pliable. There's been situations in my life where I've made a particular decision, felt inspired by the Lord, honestly, and I've made a call. And then that call happens, has its consequences, and then I've felt like the Spirit of the Lord has told me, oh, hey, now do the seemingly exact opposite thing. And I'm just like, bro, you're humiliating me out here. You know what I mean? You have, this, is like, this is like so humbling. Because you're out here going, I'm confidently following God. But how many of y'all know, again, confidently following God requires you to be able to turn and to change. And sometimes we're wrong. And sometimes we're going the right way, but then we need to turn. So I'd encourage you, don't dig in your heels where you shouldn't. And don't... If someone seems to be just digging in their heels in the flesh to prove their own infallibility, first of all, don't follow someone who claims to be infallible. Bah! Jesus, you know? But I would just say don't run after that person. It's probably not safe. And then lastly on that, don't dismiss a dream. Did you hear me? Don't dismiss a dream. From this dream that Paul had, they made a conclusion. They made a conclusion, y'all. God will give us dreams. God will give us visions. And, and the Spirit of God can work in those things. Now, bring those things to him and ask him for guidance and clarification. I would say seek counsel because this was a group decision. We came to the conclusion. And so I'd encourage you, don't just, oh, I had a dream and run out and do it immediately. Pray about it, bring it to God, and maybe bring it to some people that you trust follow the Spirit of God, Amen. Psalm 33.10. I find this just to be extremely true. The Lord nullifli nullifies. 
I'm going to start speaking in tongues, y'all. The Lord nullifies the plan of nations. He frustrates the plans of peoples. If you get frustrated, good. Your plan was wrong or it needs to change. If he's frustrating some, then like go with his flow. You can't, it's not easy to kick against the pricks. That's what Jesus said to Paul. Hey man, it's not easy. Some, some other translations say like kick against the goads. I don't know. The word goads is a lot for me. So the, the, the pricks one somehow is, I don't know. Anyways, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. We sang about this this morning. I won't lean on my own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Sometimes God's straight path looks crooked to me. Again, God's way bigger and better than Siri, okay? But per that metaphor, trust the GPS. Trust the Spirit of God, okay? Don't lean on your own understanding. He's got better knowledge. If you guys go the long way, go the long way. And we should always be on call. In Isaiah 30, this is the last portion of Scripture we're going to look at here. It says this, Woe to the rebellious children, declares the Lord, who execute a plan, but not mine, and make an alliance, but not of my spirit, in order to add sin to sin, who proceed down to Egypt without consulting me, to take refuge in the safety of Pharaoh, and to seek shelter in the shadow of Egypt. Next portion. For you, people in Zion, so this is good news. For you, people in Zion, inhabitant in Jerusalem, you will weep no longer. He will certainly be gracious to you at the sound of your cry. When he hears it, he will answer you. How many of you think God will answer your cry? He will answer your cry. Although the Lord has given you bread of depreciation, I think that's, I think it's supposed to be deprecation, but depreciation and water of oppression. He, your teacher, will no longer hide himself, but your eyes will see your teacher. Are you all ready? Your ears will hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it, whenever you turn to the right or the left. Y'all believe the Spirit of God wants to direct us? I love that it's like you'll hear a voice behind you. It just feels like it feels true. You know, like when I have unction, it's like, and who knows what or where it might be for you. I'm not trying to give you some hippy-dippy thing. But for me, direction is like my gut, but behind. <laughs> it's like directing me, you know, like, hey, man, you know. So just obey the Spirit's instruction and tune in, you know. Don't just be on call. Stay on the phone. You know what I mean? His interruption could just be, uninterrupted leading if you stay open and leave your antenna up so this is the last, I'll just say these things I got them written down you need to lock it in that the Holy Spirit has a better way and trust him in the big and the little if you get an unction to go to a store when you don't need anything do it okay I really want to go to Target I don't need anything. I'm probably just going to spend money I don't need to spend. But you just feel like you need to go to Target, go to Target. If you end up going to Target and nothing happens, okay, whatever. You went to Target. But maybe, just maybe, there's someone there. Maybe there's someone sitting outside who needs to walk and leap and praise God. Don't deny these things. If he tells you to pick up that piece of litter, do it. He'll train us in small ways. If you see that piece of litter, I'm telling you this happened to me like two weeks ago. Because normally I just obey. But for whatever reason, I was being a turd this day. And, and I felt like the Lord was like, hey, pick up that piece of trash. And I was just like, I don't have time, you know. And so I just like looked at it. I kept moving. And you all know I got, this was coming to the church actually. So this is a very good, I was on my way to the temple, okay. And I see the trash. I park over by the, 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 the co-op, you know, so I'm on my way over, and it's in, it's in the parking lot that we rent out on that side of things. It's in the parking lot. And I look at it, I'm just like, I don't have time. I have to get in. I got to put the stuff in. I got things I need to do. And so I make it probably all the way 
maybe halfway to this door after turning this corner. And I'm just like, how am I going to go in this place and say, good morning, let's follow the Spirit of God when I am in direct contradiction to doing so? So I turn around <laughs> and, and I go and I get the trash and it wasn't like clean trash, y'all. It was nasty trash. But sometimes Kara gives me trouble about this. God bless you, babe. Gloves are the will of the Lord. Little trash picker-upper, like we got it. Bags, we should have them. But she's like, dude, don't touch that, Stephen. You've been there, Joel. We've been on these walks. You know, you know what I'm talking about, brother. Yeah, we've made these stops. We've made litter stops together, you know. But it's like, this was a nasty one. But here's my question. Who's going to get it? If God's telling you to do it and you're like, nah, it's too gross. Who's going to get it? You know? The person that's paid for it. I don't know, maybe, but I've seen trash stay in a place for some time. And then eventually I'm like, okay, let me scrape you off the floor. God's floor. God's earth that we're called to care for. He might have us clean it up. Amen? If a person asks something of you, don't dismiss them. If you get a call for a speaking event, consider it even if it's inconvenient. This is, that's just something I wrote. It's probably for me. You know? I'm like, man, I got a speaking event most Sundays. You know what I mean? Do I need another speaking event? You know? Stephen, take it to the Lord. Consider it. If you feel like you're supposed to text someone to check in, do it. If you're supposed to take authority over a demon, even when it will have consequences, do it. And if it's a big life-changing interruption, get trusted counsel. Do you hear me? Get trusted counsel. Hi, my name's Stephen. I'm a pastor. I love you. I'm here for you. If you need counsel, I will do my best to hear the Spirit of God and direct you in that way. I'm not infallible. I'll do my best. Okay? So if there's some big decision... Take it before somebody you trust, okay? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your presence. I thank you that things that walking in here we previously would have considered an annoying interruption we now see as uh, opportunities for divine intervention. Holy Spirit, we can't do any of this, and why would we do any of this without you? So we just thank you for moving in our lives showing us the way to go. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to that message. We hope that it was a blessing to you. However you tuned in today, why don't you subscribe and maybe share with a friend? Yeah, and if you're in the area, we would love to have you join us in person Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. right here in Menominee, Wisconsin. Also, we would be honored if you would consider partnering with us financially to help make this all possible. And you can do that at wearelovechurch.com. These are great days to be alive. Thanks for tuning in today. God bless you. We love you. See ya.